to episode two of Dailies. The film podcast. We are going to be discussing a very psychedelic film, to say the least, today. Yes. A it, very... A what's very the word I would use? There's, there's no way to I mean, describe <laughs> this. There's, there's no easy way to describe this kind. film. Yeah. Yeah. One of a kind. One of a kind it is. This is The Color of Pomegranates. Made by, or rather, directed by Sergei Parajanov in the year 1969. It was made by uh, this Russian director in the Soviet era. So we're continuing our trend, I guess, but we'll switch it up for sure this time. Definitely. And uh, so I think we should probably introduce ourselves to our yeah, audience. Yeah, why I not? I feel like the last time we... Last time we kind of skipped over it a Yeah, we didn't bit. really get into who we are. Yeah, so... Um, I'm uh, Christoph Schar. Schar, that that's in. fancy. I would have pronounced it as Car. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I say I uh, I pronounce my last name like uh, Shark without the K. <laughs> Schar. <laughs> and people usually get that. It's a little bit weird. It's French, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I'm from uh, France originally, and I, uh, I'm... I moved to Miami at a very young age, lived there most of my life, and uh, now I'm in Savannah studying film at SCAD with my good friend Robert. And I am Robert Matsuluko. I have lived in Nigeria all my life, and I came to Savannah just to study film, just like Chris. And something interesting I should mention is that I literally met Chris like a week before we started this yeah. podcast. So it just like you guys are going to be <laughs> learning about us, we're going to be learning exactly. about each other. So it, it's, it works that way. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, boom. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, now we can sort of um, start discussing our little extravaganza of Russian psychedelicness, um, the yeah. color of pomegranates. And the first thing we should probably go into is the synopsis. And it's going to be sort of a challenge to... <laughs> What's I, the verb form of synopsis? Synopsize? Uh, I don't know. To summarize the... I don't even know how you can. I mean... No, I'm going to try. Okay, go for it. So, this film is sort of a poetic meditation that expresses itself or unravels through a set of tableaus that celebrate Armenian culture because the film happens to be sort of like a visual portrait, but a poetic portrait of the late 18th century troubadour, Sayat Nova. That was pretty concise, I have to say. I tried my best. <laughs> you did a good job. I think uh, that's, I, I don't know how else I would have put it. Um, it is a strange way to tell a story, yeah. but it is oh so unique. Um, really unique. Yeah, it's... Wow. So, uh, in terms of the director himself, um, Sergei Parajanov uh, sort of emerged in the sort of um, later half of the uh, late Soviet era um, films in the 60s. And uh, this film uh, sort of grew over time in cult status. Um, it wasn't actually released um, initially because of the um, Armenian... Uh, the communist Armenian government and uh, the USSR actually 
didn't like the content of the film. Yeah, there was an interesting note before the film started. Yeah. talked about how some authorities felt it wasn't an accurate portrait of yeah, the poet, they were so. they they were like um debating that it was not glorifying the poet the way it should have and um and the Armenian government had a lot of problems with how they portrayed the culture and stuff. Um so very controversial film at first. Yeah. Um but over time, um thankfully, uh due to film archivists and um and uh restoration uh efforts, we have what we saw the other yeah. day. So, um they actually had to replace a lot of the dialogue, I believe, or not the dialogue, but the chapter descriptions because they were actually okay. removed initially during the censorship. So, it's it's a very interesting like uh that what we saw, at least the director's cut, it sort of culminated over time because there was all this editing that had to be done after the censorship. Yeah, and the restoration was like a, a full restoration and compilation where they had to restore mm-hmm. all the negatives and also sort of try to accurately edit the film in a way that matched the original vision. Which must have been of the hard. director. Yeah. Yeah. So props to the... Uh, Everyone that worked on restoring it, because... Yeah, shout out to Criterion. Yeah, really. I think they did a good job on this one, for sure. Yeah. So, with that said, what was uh, your rating on this? (laughs) I really hate to have to give a rating to this film. You know, I think this is one of those where I don't think a rating applies so much. Yeah, I don't want to rate this, because I feel, on one end, I'm definitely a guy that likes to watch a film... Or hear a story that has a beginning, a middle, and an ending. Yeah. Right? But on the other hand, I can see this being a source of inspiration for other artists. Seven has a seven the purpose of being inspiration for other artists to sort of draw from this and take those images and take those mm-hmm. aesthetic qualities and apply them to their own films. Totally agree. So yeah. it's like... There's some things uh, I don't like about it. There's yeah, some things I like. That you can take away from it. It's a very... Um, I mean, it's like very, I would say it's it's a very audiovisual experience, like, you know, in its full extent. Um, so should I, we give this a number or should we break our rule on the second episode? I don't know. Maybe we should break the rule because I, it let's was. Let's break the rule. Yeah, let's break the rule. Yeah. Listen, guys, we may go and give you a rating. We may not. <laughs> this this <laughs> will vary, it, it appears. Um this this is just an experience for me. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you know. That's what I say. I've is. heard so much about this this uh film and I just I'm glad that you chose it last time cuz I've been meaning to see it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um actually I believe the first time I had it mentioned to me, I believe the um the musician and uh DJ Nicholas Jar. Uh I'm not sure if you're familiar with I'm him. I'm not familiar with him. He actually the, the the original way I heard about the film was that he uh composed a new soundtrack for it. Oh, nice. Which is interesting, yeah. So we can talk about that uh, when we talk about the music and stuff a little more. Yeah. Um, I think how I found the film was probably on Instagram. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a post on the Criterion Collection Instagram. You're like, that looks weird. It had like <laughs> what could three pictures, one from Bergman's Cries right. and Whispers, and this one, and then a painting from Matisse. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, uh, it's, I don't know if it's like hard to find out about, um, I think it has a cult status at this point. So Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. And it's, you know, like you said, probably super influential for so many artists. I think it was selling pretty fast on the Criterion Flash sale today. 
Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. probably. Okay. So yeah, I guess... too late um, to yeah. catch the sale, by the way. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but I guess we can dive into the content of the movie? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, uh, for starters... It's really hard to, to break down this movie. I gotta yeah. be honest. I have no idea what I saw. Um, Story-wise, I mean, I have no idea. Well, there is a story. I mean, like, you really have to dig for it because it's so visually elusive in what it's trying to say sometimes. Like, you really have to look for stuff. Um, so in the credits, at the beginning, you see something where it's like so-and-so mm -hmm. as the poet, so-and-so. As the something. Right. And I'm wondering if these characters were like portrayals of the same person. And the, like, I'm not sure what was going on there. So the way I understood the story, um, and feel free to correct me if you, you took it another way. I, I have no opinions <laughs> on the story. So. So, there, so obviously this poet that we're exploring, um, Sayat Nova, mm -hmm. um, we explore his sort of um, childhood in Armenia. Um, and then him growing up and developing, um, and like, it's weird because they mix his childhood with the adulthood at points. And, um, you know, he kind of blurs the line between the time that, uh, we're sort of being presented. Um, but it's exploring the poet's life and, um, his trials with the various people he encounters, especially his mother for number one, um, the princess, I want to say. Um, I think she was the princess. <laughs> and I guess so. um royalty for sure. Yeah, and then uh the people of the monastery. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite sections right. in the film. Yeah, the monastery was definitely a highlight for me. See, I could definitely see I could definitely see how this sort of explored his childhood through the tableaus where you see him and these people who I guess are his parents. <laughs> yeah. And these horses and goats, you know, just like arranged on the screen in a way that was supposed to tell us something. So I could see that. Although story-wise, I didn't really get anything from this. You but know, it's hard because it's like a stream of consciousness almost. It's like, you know, it's... it's um, But it's very, very calculated and very... Yeah, it's very calculated. Redesigned. Though, but um, in terms of narrative, it's so loose that yeah. it's, I mean, you lose track of time the flow of time, at least within the story. Um, yeah, it was definitely a bold artistic effort, yeah. I think. Yeah, this is definitely bold. Um, and it sort of reminds me of two other films, Fellini's Eight and a Half. Right. And Alejandro Jodorowsky's Santa Sangre. I have not seen Santa yet. So Those are two films that sort okay. of explore but a director I can or an artist see from childhood to yes, adulthood. I can see it being influenced by this. I think a lot of those, I, I mean, I got to say, even though like maybe the story isn't that clear, the um, elements that he uses to communicate uh, the visual elements of, you know, uh, the character, mm -hmm. I can see so many other directors having pulled from that at some point. Um, Definitely. It's, you know, it's very dreamlike. That's, I think, the word to describe this movie. It's very dreamlike and hypnotic. Yeah. Um, I, I mean... Like, it was hard for me to pay attention to the story, one, because of how strangely um, loose it was, but also because, um, you know, the way that it's paced, 
it's it doesn't want you to feel like uh you're 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 following a character so much as you're following like the life of the character you know yeah it's a much more broad statement on like a person i think yeah because we don't ever get too close yeah to most of the characters except yeah, we're the always we're princess, usually I think. I think the princess with her um jewelry and hair yeah. drops and all that stuff yeah production design on this is crazy yes um so i guess that that's the story for me um yeah. in terms of the uh the cinematography and the and the production design i mean holy cow the production design really i mean i think that's one of the strongest points yeah. in this film the it's color so red mm-hmm. just like it had this like sort of pink palette um like it was rosy almost it was it made it a little nostalgic i think yeah yeah it was kind of like um you know a little desaturated um but very always like far away from the character for the most part long shots so they can establish these huge set pieces um which i mean like are the highlight of most of the movie i mean they're using these giant locations in armenian um ruins and uh you know strange like planes and gardens and stuff yeah one one shot that was really impressive was the shot where we had a lot of sheep yes sort of i don't know how they organized that but yeah that was that was impressive there's a lot of sheep man holy cow yeah i have no idea how i I have no idea what goes into you know again these soviet things like that and organizing these films i don't know what they were doing they yeah. must have had some they must have just let's wing it guys like <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah i mean the cinematography for the most part it was it was impressionistic it was mostly still uh so that he could sort of give us this strange dreamlike experience um but yeah i like yeah. it what do you think about the editing the editing for me i think is what makes the film it is uh because we're it, it well if we if we talk about editing you can't not talk about the soundtrack for me because those two are sort of linked so closely yeah yeah um because i mean there's so many like uh musical cues and um visual cues that are always cut very rapidly or very slowly and um i don't know it's it's so hypnotic the way it was cut like the, he decides to to not cut at some points and then cut to like extravagant set pieces and I'm just like it draws you in I don't know yeah I'm trying to think of I'm trying to see if there was anything that stood out to me in terms of editing but I feel like I definitely see where you're coming from I could definitely see the rhythm mm-hmm. the rhythm you know, is sort of going on with the editing and the music the tableaus like you yeah. mentioned each one is framed uh by the editing and um like i don't know they always kicked in at the right time so uh you know you didn't you didn't know what to expect next but like you understood it was like the next step in this character's journey so to speak yeah and to a certain extent this sort of toy with your sense of anticipation yeah for sure yeah it's interesting i mean yes i'm sorry i'm still like a little shell-shocked from it um (laughs) i watched this yesterday so it's still like on my mind um 
the 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 editing it lulls you i mean everything about this movie lulls you into this kind of hypnotic state so don't watch this before going to bed guys <laughs> that's actually what i did oh yeah so i don't know i don't know how that affected my experience yeah but that's I, what i did yeah so i watched it in the evening but not late enough that i was tired because i knew if i had watched it when i was super tired <laughs> i would have been totally hypnotized to, to sleep i mean it's like the music and the like just everything i would have been like oh my god watch it in a dark room though that's what i'll yeah that's what i'll say yeah yeah that'll leave an impression on you <laughs> um so what do you think about the uh the directing overall i mean Directing, I mean, like I said, it was a bold, <laughs> artistic choice to like make a film it's like so this. It's so abstract to talk about and all these things. Like, I don't know how many films existed at the time when this was created that sort of had those. I'll use that word again: tableaus, those mm-hmm. arrangements of people on the like screen that are standing still. Yeah, yeah. I can think of like Peter Greenaway. I think that's how okay. he pronounce his name. Like he makes films like that now, but like I don't know if people were making films like that before this was made. And if this was the first of its kind, then it's pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, then it, it is very impressive. Yeah. Um I mean it must have been very an early attempt at, at this kind of style, yeah. if not the first. Um Yeah, like you said, the arrangement of the tableaus are are so essential to um you know, the director's message here with the uh Syat Nova's sort of tragic uh life um and i wonder if they had a script for this or if it was a storyboard or just like jottings in a notebook i really I don't know man <laughs> this is a this is an enigma of a film um i will say though if there wasn't any storyboards that is huge props because yeah there's a yeah. lot of moving parts in all of those tableaus they had to be they yeah. had to be storyboards <laughs> I can't fathom not. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the um, the way that the actors sort of, they were kind of like a blank slate for uh, most of these uh, segments, but um, they were effective too, so. I was impressed by the monks. I don't know why. That just sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of non-actors were used in this film. Probably. Yeah, because it, 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 it sort of had that... Um, the dynamic. I mean, the the star of the the main role for Syat Nova, um, I think was he was pretty good. Um, he was probably professional, but the rest, I don't know. I think that contributed to the whole vibe of the movie is like these strangers, you know. Yeah, it's like almost awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So the soundtrack. All right. Yeah. So some interesting things to say about that. Okay. So to dig in here, because this was, I think. Um, one of the other most important parts of this movie because the way sound is used in this movie i mean like there's very little dialogue uh for the most part very very little very very little and what we do here are like you know hands sifting through beans and like scratching the earth and very like um very human like movements that are communicated um through sound and i think that sort of like added to the dreamlike uh, qualities of the film i don't know the way they're always like you know rep- repetition is used like they're always yeah. constant it's like this 
strange presence that uh you know is always in the foreground of the uh, set pieces yeah it's sort of a meditative very soundtrack meditative, i'll say yeah yeah, yeah you could uh cool. you could do yoga to this i think yes <laughs> or you could meditate or you can meditate yeah probably <laughs> Um, I will say though that the uh, the music at at some points, I mean, it jumps out at you because it's so harsh. Yeah, the ending, especially with the choral, yeah, choral singers, very epic at, yep. at some points. So. It ought to end that way, mm-hmm. unless it would be very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. I think that the um, the soundtrack coupled with the way that things were moving within the set pieces, uh, it was basically helping to drive the story forward if there was one yeah um i mean there was one that's just the word narrative yeah yeah exactly um so yeah i think the soundtrack was amazing so i don't think he could have done the film without that definitely not yeah Yeah. what are our thoughts on this film overall thoughts um i'll say (laughs) don't go into this expecting a traditional experience yeah this is a spiritual experience, if if anything. It might be a little bit unsatisfying, or you might be blown away. Who knows? Um, definitely, I'll say anyone was interested in cinema should just you know watch this. Yeah, I think this is There's something, something to be seen everyone here. should see yeah. to get uh, you know just to have that uh, experience. Uh, like you said, one of a kind. Um, you know, it's kind of this strange visual uh artwork that's been you know thrown at us from Mm -hmm. some dude in russia in the (laughs) 1960s um i enjoyed it a lot it was uh bizarre yeah i'll I'll say i'm in the i'm in the middle on it yeah i'm in the middle i'm I'm still digesting it to be honest interesting film to talk about for sure you know yeah i'll have to sit on it a little longer but uh, yeah, overall, definitely see it if you can. Yeah. And, uh, another Russian uh, piece of art. The color of pomegranates. Yeah. So what would you suggest we cover on the next episode? So next episode, um, I think that what I want to do is jump back from uh, all the uh, Russian craziness. <laughs> of course. And uh, I want to take a look at, I think my choice is going to be Eric Romer's My Night at Mods. My Night at Mods. Mm-hmm. My Nuit chez Mod, as we say in French. The, uh, yeah, um, je veux pas français. Ah, un petit peu. Okay, d'accord, cool. So we're also going to have a little bit of um, language tutorials on this podcast. Um, yeah, it's a language yeah, podcast now. We'll have another subs- subset of podcasts dedicated just to French tutoring. So I need it too, by the way. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's I think the next film we're gonna check out. So if right. you wanna check that out, stay tuned for next episode. Um, I guess um, since our strange Russian film uh, discussion has sort of been closed, we can dive into any movie news that's been uh, happening. Yes. Um, first off, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for Claire Denis' High Life. Ah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know what to expect, to be honest. I've sort of been a fan of, I guess, the post-Twilight Robert Pattinson. Yes. I don't hate Twilight, by the way. Um, 
dude he's like an art house icon now yes like, it's very interesting him and Kristen stewart actually they both sort of transitioned mm-hmm. and they just started working with french art house filmmakers which is very i guess it works but you know yeah very interesting yeah and this one i mean i sort of have an idea what it's about because i've read a couple reviews but the trailer was really ambiguous sort mm-hmm. of you get an idea of where the plot is it going takes place in space but it's just so interesting you yeah. have Robert Pattinson Mia Goth Juliette Binoche Juliette Binoche who Andre I'm a Benjamin fan so yeah it's yeah I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna watch a movie for her to be honest she's she's like blows me away every she's every amazing. performance um so yeah I guess that's coming out in winter I guess something like that I'm not entirely sure but I feel it's definitely coming out this yes. year. So <laughs> it's hitting um, all the festivals right now. Yeah. So we won't be able to see it until afterwards. Excited to see it. Mostly I shot am. in the studio. The colors yeah. look awesome. I'm sure the story will be very bizarre to see the list. Yes. Let's see how that goes. We'll see. Um, in other news, uh, we didn't get to discuss it last episode, but uh, there was the trailer that got released for Clint Eastwood's new movie. The Mule. The Mule. Yeah. That guy's old, dude. <laughs> and he's still kicking ass. And he's ass. still, yeah, he's doing his thing. He must be in his, is he 90? He must be in his late 80s I'm not at sure. least. Uh, well, I mean, he's still at the top of his game. Uh, the film looks like it's about a bunch of, um, it's about an old guy that's acting as a mule transport for Mexican cartel and things go uh, awry. So, as you would expect. Yeah. That comes out, I think, December 15th, off the top of my head. So I'm definitely going to check it out, I think. Yeah, sounds interesting. Um, yeah, in terms of trailers, I think that's uh, it for movies. But we have, I guess, the new trailer for the new Neil Gaiman series. If you want to talk about that, Robert. Yeah, good omens. So I'm not familiar with the book, but it seems like, it's about a friendship between an angel and a demon, and it's sort of a comedic, black comedic twist to it. So, it looks it, it looks very out there. I like yeah. the angel dynamic thing that they got going on with the huge wings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. That one shot of like, the angel's wings sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, embracing the demon. It was sort of half funny, half like <laughs> I don't know what the other yeah. word I want to say is, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, so that's David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Yeah. It looks, Good Omens. Looks pretty. Coming soon on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's an Amazon Prime original. So pretty cool big production they got going on there. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'll check it out. It looks pretty visually compelling. For There's sure. I have I have Amazon Prime, so I'll see it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I guess um, that's it for the news section. It's it's not been a very eventful week, I guess. Yeah, not really. No, we're uh, kind of standing by uh, for the film festival here in Savannah and yeah, for really excited for that new stuff that's coming out. I guess online on streaming on in the theaters. I have to go see uh, Damon Chazelle's new movie, so First that Man. should be interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and um, the other one's been getting a lot of good reviews. What's oh, it called? Good the times. Good times at, at El Royale. Royale? Yeah. I'm definitely gonna check that out too. I think that's the director of uh, Cabin in the Woods, which I never saw, but I've heard good things about that too. Eh, that one's a little crazy. It wasn't my thing, but I it's, mean, you should check it out. Um, and if you guys want to check out a new movie next week, you should tune in again. 
and watch My Night at Mons by director Eric Romer. Yeah, that's a mouthful. His, his last name spelled R-O-H-M-E-R, and that is available to watch on Filmstruck. So, Romer. Yeah, there you guys go. And right. uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. This has been Dailies, a film podcast.